Good morning, friends. It's lovely to be with you this morning. I've been really enjoying this current series of messages, Rest and Reset, taking a look at the songs and poems of the Bible's book of Psalms. Songs that are celebrations and rejoicing, songs that are cries of pain, songs that declare the goodness of God and praise him, and songs that ask whether he is even listening or whether he has abandoned us. These songs are really real. And in fact, that's why we chose them. And we want in these online services to provide an opportunity, a space for a real meeting with God. Connecting with us as we really are in the midst of everything that is going on in our lives. I, I don't want us to go through the motions of doing church like a spiritually dead tick box activity that we feel we should go through every Sunday in person or online. Nor do I want us to go through the emotions of doing church, if I can put it that way. I don't want us to hype anything up or to manufacture anything, any sense of meeting with God that's not the real thing. I want to really meet with God. Nothing else compares. And without God involved, without him leading us, what even matters? This morning, I'm continuing our amble through this collection of heart verses with a look at Psalm 34, a psalm that is both hopeful and declares boldly the goodness of God, as well as being really raw, not shying away from the pain and the helplessness that we can sometimes feel. And my friend Finn is going to read it for us just now in the New Living Translation. Psalm 34 I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. In my desperation, I prayed and the Lord listened. He saved me from all my troubles. For the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his godly people, for those who fear him will have all they need. Even strong young lions sometimes go hungry, but those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. Come, my children, and listen to me, and I will teach you to fear the Lord. Does anyone want to live a life that is long and prosperous? Then keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. His ears are open to their cries for help. But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. He will erase their memory from the earth. The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. 
the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. For the Lord protects the bones of the righteous. Not one of them is broken. Calamity will surely destroy the wicked and those who hate the righteous will be punished. But the Lord will redeem those who serve him. No one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. Amen. And thank you, buddy. This is a psalm that David wrote and in a strange situation. He'd fled from his home country where God had promised him that he would be the replacement king, but the current king was trying to kill him. He'd found himself face to face with an enemy king who would quite like to see David eliminated, thank you very much, and he'd escaped. And so David found himself again in a cave and surrounded by everyone who was in distress, everyone who was in debt, and everyone who was bitter in soul. You can read this in the Bible book of 1 Samuel chapters 21 and 22. So David's song of praise has a context that might not have looked all that encouraging. Although he had just seen God deliver him from the clutches of those who would try and kill him again. And God had plans for that band of nobodies. But that's a story for another day. Or later today, if you want to go and read it. Now, as we begin to look at this psalm, I want to ask you this morning, how are you doing? Are you, in this season, resting with God? Have you found the upheaval of this season has given you a chance to reset with him? I want to tell you that I've been finding this season hard. I found that the disruptions that we're all facing to our normal lives have also had disruptions to my life with God as well. I am so grateful for the technology that allows us to worship together digitally, and I'm delighted that that means that we have some new friends with us as well too. Hello to you. But I really miss worshipping together in person. Kingdom Vineyard, you guys can sing. I really miss seeing your faces on a Sunday morning, at prayer meetings, and in home groups that are more than just screens. This has had a knock-on effect to the times that I spend with God. My worship has felt different and less full, and so I've noticed that that's changed my approach with him. And in Psalm 34, I want to share with you today that I think David is urging us to see that the Lord is with us. He is just at hand, even when we're struggling and things feel unsettled. That that place is precisely when to turn to God and to give him a try. And in fact, that the relationship that we build with God in these wilderness times, if you like, will stand us in great stead for when things are more normal. So, Let's begin in verse one. David says, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. I hear that not as a duty to 
do the religious thing even when you don't want to. This isn't a command to keep going even though you're tired and struggling. But this is an awareness that God is there with us at all times. That he is good, even when we can't see it. I see this as an encouragement rather than an extra burden. Some exciting news to share. Hey, it's okay, he's here. Not a command of, you must keep running after him. And in verse 2, we go on to read, I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. That word that we translate helpless here, in the Hebrew, it can mean poor, humble, afflicted, needy. I think that we can say that this verse is saying, those who are suffering, be glad, take heart. Hear that boast that my soul makes of who God is and what he is like and be encouraged by it. This is not someone giving some tone-deaf motivational talk, blind to the struggles of those that he's speaking to. This is someone declaring that God is good, even when things feel helpless. In fact, there is an encouragement throughout this psalm that God is trustworthy. In fact, that he is praiseworthy through all my fears, verse 4, through my desperation, verse 6, through all the troubles that God's people face, verses 17 and 19. This is not a psalm that says, don't worry, be happy but one that recognises the reality of struggle and says, yes, even there, come, meet God. And so I want to make it abundantly clear to us this morning that no matter what you're going through, God wants to sit there with you. Verse 18 promises us explicitly that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. Can I assure you that if you're brand new to this church business and still working out what place God has in your life, that he welcomes you with open arms. Can I assure you that if you're the longest standing member of the church, of God's family, and you've known him your whole life, but you're maybe just struggling at the moment, that he welcomes you, even welcomes you back, if necessary, with open arms. No matter what is going on in your heart in these turbulent times, God invites you to come to him. And especially if you are crushed in spirit or broken hearted, God is close to meet you and comfort you. One thing that Jesus said that always stops me in my tracks is this. Come to me. Come to me. All of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. I love it.
I love that that's how God sees us. That's the relationship he wants with us. And so if you are struggling at the moment, if you are weary and carry heavy burdens, then Jesus invites you to come and walk with him, his way. Carry the load that he has for you rather than the loads that anyone else might have for you or worse that we might put upon ourselves. And in this morning's psalm, David isn't just telling us that this is what God is like in theory. He's telling us from his own experience, his own testimony. This is David emailing stories at kingdomvineyard.com to share what God has done for him. He testifies in verse four, I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Verse six, in my desperation, I prayed and the Lord listened. He saved me from all my troubles. And in verse eight, David urges us to give God a try. He says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. I once knew of a guy who went into schools to speak and he would do assemblies where he would take a tin of dog food and would speak about this verse, taste and see that the Lord is good, whilst slowly opening the tin and then taking out a fork and eating from it to the absolute horror of the school. Hilarious to watch their faces and uh, he'd swapped it for mushed up Mars bars. What David is saying is seriously, Try God, and not just any God, Yahweh, the God of Israel, who we know and worship as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. David exhorts us, don't take my word for it. Try him for yourselves. Here, here, I've, I've made this. Try this soup. Try this stew. What do you think? Yeah? Do you like it? But even better, try God for yourselves. You take up Jesus' invitation to Come to me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens. You see, don't just believe it on my account. You meet him. And that's one of the things you'll hear us say over and over again in this church. We want to meet with God. And we want everyone to meet with God. We want our church meetings to be characterised by the presence of God. We want our serving the community to be characterised by the presence of God. We want our friends, our neighbours, our contacts on social media to experience an encounter with the presence of God. It's not about us. How could it be? But if we can introduce someone to God, well, let all who are thirsty, all who are weak, come to the fountain. Dip your heart in the stream of life. Holy Spirit, come. I like to ask of a Bible passage, what does this tell us about what God is like? This psalm talks about a God who is gentle with the hurting, who is faithful and powerful to provide for those in need, who's strong and able to protect us, who is passionate about being with his people, and who is passionate about his people being forces for good in this world and steering well clear of evil. I like the sound of that God. And Pleasingly, though not surprisingly, this is my experience of what he is like too. This is the God who I've met, not just heard about. This is a God worth celebrating, worth thanking for delivering us from evil, even if we're doing so sat in a cave 
wondering what's next. Or sat in the middle of a pandemic wondering what the future holds. One thing that this pandemic upheaval has done is allow me to read a little more. And reading John Mark Comer's Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, he made a point about the wilderness that I've been processing for a wee while. A wilderness or desert in the Bible doesn't feel like a good thing. Wandering through the desert for 40 years didn't seem all that fun for Moses' crew. And the word for wilderness in the New Testament of the Bible is eremos in the original Greek. That's the word that Jesus was sent into by the Holy Spirit in Luke chapter 4 verse 1. This was to prepare for his ministry and to be tempted by the devil. And it's the same word that we often translate as desolate places, secluded, solitary, desert places, which all sound like places that I don't want to be. But although Jesus was sent into the wilderness at the very beginning of his ministry, later on in the gospel stories of Jesus's life, it's Jesus who constantly chooses to withdraw, to disappear to secluded places. It says in Luke 5.16. Secluded places, it's the same word. Eremos. And it's where in Mark chapter 6 verse 31, Jesus invites his ministry team of disciples to come away with him, to Eremos away, to rest with him. It's where Jesus goes to pray, to spend time with his Father God. Jesus had met with his father, learned to rely on him even in the desert place, in the wilderness with no distractions and actually even with no food. And that meeting with his father, that relationship with his father in the desert place, the wilderness, meant that Jesus went back to spend time with his father over and over. That wilderness was Jesus's source of strength, the place from which he ministered, the place he wanted his disciples to have too. I don't know about you, but I feel like for many of us, lockdown has cast us into a wilderness, a desert place, without the life of our friends and family and our fellowship around us, especially as we worship. And if you feel like you've been in a bit of a wilderness, that's okay. You know what? Meet him there. Even in our brokenness, in our rubbishness, in our I can't see you, Lord, that's the place to taste and see, to reach out. That brokenheartedness, that crushed in spiritness, that wilderness away from every distraction brings us an opportunity, a space to meet with God on our own in simplicity, not distracted by the busyness of normal life, not even relying on the good things of our normal lives together, like worship with our church family. A relationship with God that is forged in the wilderness that makes the quiet place, Aramos, a place of strength for us, more so perhaps than it ever has been before. There is so much more in Psalm 34 to dwell in with God, and I recommend you do. 
But for this morning, if you're feeling like you're in a bit of a wilderness at the moment, feeling less like David, God's king, and more like David, cavemate of the nobodies, then I hear the Lord reassure us through David's words from 3,000 years past that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. So, seek the Lord or pray to the Lord. Let's practically invest the time to meet with him in the wilderness, to sit with him and just receive, even if that's all we can do. Let's give him a try and watch him change our life. Whether it's for just this season or whether this wilderness becomes the anchor of your relationship with him for the seasons to come, we can then stand strong and be in the place where we can joyfully declare to anyone who will listen that I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together because I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. In my desperation, I prayed and the Lord listened. He saved me from all my troubles. For the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his godly people. For those who fear him will have everything they need. Even strong young lions sometimes go hungry, but those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. Come, my children, and listen to me, and I will teach you to fear the Lord. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you don't ask of us to be a certain way, to reach a certain standard before we can meet you, but instead that you invite us to come as we are. More than that, that you've already come to us, that you're close to us, even when we're brokenhearted, that you are at hand. Thank you, God. And for when we're struggling, for when we are um, feeling the pain of the wilderness or the desolate places, Lord, would you minister to our hearts? Please, Lord, would you build up in us a relationship with you from a wilderness that stands us in great stead with you for this season and for the future? Please, Lord, we want a good, strong, deep, lovely relationship with you. Would you grow it more, please, Lord? And would you, Lord, remind us to give you a try, to taste and see that you are good? Would you make us your presence carriers to the world around us, that they would look at us, they would see the radiance of you through our faces, and they would taste and see that you're good too? 
would you come, Holy Spirit, and meet us?